We're looking at the subject, how do we spell and pronounce Christmas? Would you bow your hearts together with me in prayer? Father, we thank you for the wonder of Emmanuel and for the opportunity we have of celebrating you with one another during this time of the year. And so I'm offering myself today, as feeble as I am, into your hands and trusting that you will cleanse me with the washing of the blood of your dear Son, that you will fill me with the power of your sweet Holy Spirit, so that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, so that your purpose, your design purpose might be accomplished for each of us as individuals, as families, and as a church collective, because I pray this prayer and give you praises in Christ's name, amen. How do we spell and pronounce Christmas? I read from Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 54. Then they took Jesus and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with Jesus. And Peter denied Jesus, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow was with Jesus, for he is a Galilean. And then from Mark chapter 14 in verse 70, And Peter denied again, and after a little while, They that sat or stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and underscore, thy speech agreeeth thereto. In other words, the manner in which Peter spoke, the way he pronounced his words, was a definite indicator of who he was of where he was from and who he had been with. When we pastored in Utah a number of years ago, Rebecca worked in a hospital part of the time. And when she would visit her family in North Carolina for vacation and return back to Utah, the doctors and nurses would gather around about her and encourage her to talk. They wanted to listen to her. Why? Because while she was back in North Carolina, she had lapsed back into her deep southern drawl. Her dialect had been revived. And those doctors and nurses thought it was really cute. And it somewhat aggravated Rebecca, but she endeared it being the good-natured, kind woman that she is. In Judges chapter 12, it's recorded that the Gileadites 
defeated the Ephraimites. And I want you to look at verses 5 and 6. They took the passages of Jordan before the Ephraimites, and it was so that when those Ephraimites which were escaped said, let us go over, that the men of Gilead said unto them, aren't thou an Ephraimite? If he said nay, then said they unto him, say now Shibboleth, and he said Sibboleth. I want you to notice the difference in the spelling and the pronunciation there. And underscore these words, for he could not frame to pronounce it right. Then they took him and slew him at the passages of Jordan. One of my most embarrassing moments was when I was in seminary. It happened in English class, and we were having a spelling bee. I'd always been good at spelling, and I think I won probably every spelling bee that I ever was part of. And so I felt very comfortable in the spelling bee as I successfully spell one word after another. The spelling bee had finally come down to two persons, one of my dear friends and myself. The professor turned to me and said, Brother Gerard, spell Christian. And so I followed the prescribed procedure. Christian, C-H-R-I-S-T-A-I-N. Christian. Well, the class erupted into robust laughter as the professor announced, that is wrong. It's incorrect. The other student was given the opportunity to spell the word, and he responded with a great big smile as he looked directly in my eyes. I can still see him now. Christian, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, Christian. You talk about a ribbon. Here I was, a theology major. I had been preaching for a number of years, and yet I misspelled Christian. Sometimes when I look at our oldest grandson, whose first name is Christian, I remember that spelling bee. My question to us today is, how are we spelling and how are we pronouncing Christian in our daily walk? Today, just as with Peter, just as with Rebecca, just with those at like those mentioned in the book of Judges, sometimes our speech our spelling, our pronunciation gives us away or confirms us. It's very easy for us to say with our lips that we are a Christian. But are we really listening to how we are pronouncing Christianity lately? Are our lips matching 
our lives, try as hard as he could, Peter could not conceal who he really was. Try as she might, Rebecca could not conceal who she really was and is. Try as he might, the Ephraimite could not conceal who he really was. Dr. Dan is going to write a prescription for you right now. When you get home today, I want you to go to a mirror, and I want you to watch yourselves form with your lips the word Christian, and I want you to listen to yourself as you pronounce Christian. And then I want you to look back over your shoulder. Look back to the past few hours, the past few days, the past few weeks, and see if you have left on the highway of life what is really an imitator of Christ, Christ-like, Christian ethics and works. Again, it's easy to say one thing with our lips, but quite a different story sometimes our lives to match up to it. To some people, Christianity is spelled and pronounced church membership. Well, it's very important for you and I to be a member of a local Bible-believing, Bible-practicing church. My brothers and sisters, church membership must never be confused with Christianity. A number of years ago, Rebecca and I were called to pastor a very wonderful congregation. And during our tenure there, about 18 months, a number of people who had been lifelong members of that local church accepted Jesus as their personal Savior. They became Christians. That was an eye-opening experience to me. And I came to understand that indeed, some people do pronounce Christianity with church membership. Some people spell and pronounce Christianity as baptism. It's very important for us to be baptized by immersion as the Bible instructs. But my brothers and sisters, baptism is not to be confused necessarily with being a Christian. You see, baptism is an outward sign of an inward work that has taken place in our minds and hearts through the amazing grace of God. What I'm about to say is not meant to be facetious, it's not meant to be funny. But it is possible to enter the waters of baptism as a dry sinner and come up out of the waters of baptism as a wet sinner. Again, baptism is very important, but baptism is not being a Christian necessarily. There are other ways that Christian can be spelled and pronounced. And we could deal with those, but 
I want us to listen to how Jesus spelled Christianity, how Jesus pronounced Christianity. It's found in John chapter 3 and verse 3. And Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man, except a woman, except a young person be born again, he or she cannot see the kingdom of God. That's how Jesus spelled and pronounced Christianity. Later, the Apostle Paul was inspired by God's sweet spirit to pen in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now, follow me very closely. How we frame Christianity determines how we pronounce Christianity. I want to go back to Judges chapter 12 and verse 6. It's recorded of the Ephraimite in Judges chapter 12 and verse 6 that we read a few minutes ago that he could not frame to pronounce it right. And so I repeat, how you and I frame Christianity determines how we pronounce Christianity. If we frame Christianity around ourselves, if we frame Christianity around others, if we frame Christianity around things, if we frame Christianity around places, we make ourselves candidates for death. Christianity must be framed in Jesus Christ. Because when we frame Christianity in Christ, it always comes out right, and we make ourselves candidates for life. In light of the special season of the year that we have entered into, I'm asking us the question today, how are we spelling and how are we pronouncing Christmas? To some, Christian is not, Christmas is not recognized. It's not practiced at all. And so, since it's not part of their spelling and their pronunciation, we're not going to focus on that today. But rather, we're going to focus for a few moments on how we Christians spell Christmas how we Christians pronounce Christmas. To some people, Christmas is spelled and pronounced decorations. I am not insinuating in the least that decorating for Christmas is wrong. When I walked in the sanctuary this morning, I smiled real big as I saw how our sanctuary is decorated. So I'm not insinuating in the least that decorating for Christmas is wrong. But sadly, for some people, that's all Christmas is. That's what it's about. Very sadly, many children and even adults in Christian homes 
know more about how to decorate a tree than they do about the one who made the tree. Sadly, many children and adults know more about how to string lights and hang a star than they do about the one who is the light of the world and about the star that led wise men to his place of birth in Bethlehem. I love the way that Rebecca has always decorated our home at Christmas. She is very creative. And she doesn't decorate as much now since we are far away from the children and grandchildren. But there are two years that really stand out in my mind and heart more than any others about decorating for Christmas in our home. The first one was the first year that we were married. We were married the end of June 1970. A couple of months later, we were called to pastor our first church in the mountains of North Carolina. And I think it was either Thanksgiving Day or the day after Thanksgiving, a couple of the young men came to the parsonage that we lived in right next to the church, knocked on the door, and asked, Pastor, have you put up your Christmas tree yet? And I said, no, we haven't put up a Christmas tree yet. I guess we'll go and purchase one pretty soon. And they said, no, 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 you're not going to buy a tree. We're going to go to the woods and get you a tree. And I thought, that's great. Here's our first year of being married, and we're going to have a tree fresh from the woods. So we get in their truck, and we head to the woods, and we get out, and we start walking through the woods. And I notice that they don't have a saw. They don't have a hatchet. They just have guns. And as we're walking along, they're not asking if I like this tree or this tree. They're pointing upward and asking, Pastor, how does the top of that tree look? How does the top of that tree look? And I'm wondering, what's going on? Well, finally, they asked the question. I said, that's a beautiful top to that tree. They stopped, aimed their guns up there, and shot the top of that tree out. <laughs> that was our Christmas tree that year. I will never forget that first Christmas tree. The next one is uh, the first Christmas Rebecca and I had when we moved to Utah to pastor. We were living in Ogden, Utah. Our conference headquarters was in uh, Reno, Nevada. And so there was a workers meeting, pastors meeting toward the end of November of that first year we were there and we went to it. We were driving back across the desert, and I'm cruising along about 75, 80 miles an hour, and Rebecca squeals out, stop the car, and I put on the brakes and stop the car, and she points and she says, go get that for me, and I said, get what? She said, get that tumbleweed that's caught against the fence, so I'm thinking, what in the world? 
And so being the, the obedient husband I am, I went over and I very carefully picked up that tumbleweed. It was a huge tumbleweed. Put it in the trunk of the car. We got home. And Rebecca decorated that tumbleweed, put it on the center table in our living room as our Christmas tree that year. It was beautiful. I will always remember. But Christmas is more than decorations. How are you and I spelling Christmas? How are we pronouncing Christmas? To some, Christmas is spelled and pronounced as gifts. I am not insinuating in the least that gifts for Christmas are wrong. I hope some of you will give me a gift for Christmas. Am I smiling? But to some, that's all Christmas is. It's just gifts. That's what it's all about. And sadly, there are many children and even some adults in Christian homes that look more to the gifts than they do the Heavenly Father who gave the greatest gift ever given, His Son, Jesus the Christ. I wonder if it would make a difference in how we spell and pronounce Christmas if every gift we give if every gift we receive would be wrapped in the consciousness that our Heavenly Father always gives to us good things, good gifts, simply because we ask Him. I've received many gifts down through the years, but there are three gifts I received during past Christmases that mean very much to me. And the wrappings and and bows of those gifts are ever ingrained in my mind and in my heart. The first one is the Christmas of 1969. I had seen Rebecca for over two years from afar. Those of you who have heard my testimony will remember that Rebecca and I attended a Bible college, a seminary, where we could not talk to one another. The young men sat on one side of the classroom, young ladies on the other. Young men sat on one side of the dining room, young ladies on the other. Young men sat on one side of the church building, young ladies on the other with the church members right down the center aisle. There was to be no talking, no note passing, no prolonged glances. Well, in that atmosphere, I had fallen in love with this beautiful, dark-haired girl from afar. And the Christmas of 1969 was the first time I spent with her and talked with her. And being the bold, brazen young man I was then and still am today, I just went ahead and asked her to marry me. I proposed to her on the steps of that little Pentecostal church in Wilson, North Carolina. And after making me stand there for a while, she accepted my invitation. We're coming up now to almost the 49th year of my proposal. 
And I love that girl more today than when I asked her to marry me, Christmas 1969. Christmas of 1974 was very special to me. Our oldest daughter had been a delight in our home. Those of you who've heard my testimony will remember that I had wanted a boy. I wanted someone I could play baseball with. I could teach Greek. But she soon won my heart over. And when we found out we were expecting our second child, I wanted another girl all the way. And in 1974, our little Shalimar was born. She was something to behold. And she has been a loving delight in my life ever since. She was born on December the 26th. She will soon celebrate her 44th year. Her name means love or the loving one. What a Christmas gift that was. The third was the Christmas season of 1978. Our oldest daughter, Salome, was seven years of age. She was attending a Baptist school. And uh, as part of their learning process, they had memorized as individuals and a class the Christmas story as told in Luke chapter 2. And when I preached my Christmas sermon, Christmas 1978, my little seven-year-old Salome stood by my side, and she repeated Luke chapter 2. What a Christmas gift that was to her daddy. Yes, Christmas is spelled and pronounced in different ways by different people. And so the question I'm asking us today as we have entered into this Christmas season is this. How are you and I spelling Christian? How are you and I spelling Christmas? How are you and I pronouncing Christian? How are we pronouncing Christmas? The question, does it really matter? I believe it does. Father God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, as we have entered into this time of the year, we know in our minds and hearts that Jesus was not born on December the 25th, but this we do know, Jesus was born. In the fullness of the time, you sent forth your Son, made of a woman. Oh, Lord, Jesus, thank you for coming to this wretched and vile earth to be the decoration of decorations, to be the gift of gifts. And as we have entered into this Christmas season, 
Help us, Lord, in the next few days and weeks to keep things in proper perspective and make sure we are forming, we are spelling, we are pronouncing Christmas and Christian in ways that will honor you and be a testimony of who we really are, your sons and your daughters. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.